Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. <laughs> it would be a Wolves fan, eh? On goes Paul. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Flash in the shot. What a Hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast, part of the 90 Min Football Network. Joining me tonight is Jafo, Little Dan and Stu. We have got so much to talk about, everybody. We've got drama, we've got controversy, have we got corruption at the heart of the FA Cup? Let's get right into it, boys. Um, Of course, for those who have been living under a cloud for the last 24 hours, Wolves drew 2-2 against Liverpool um, and it was not without its fair share of drama within it. But let's start on, I guess, a bit of a happier note, um, for want of a better term, in terms of the starting lineup, because I'm going to pull you back, guys, to what would have been seven o'clock yesterday. Um, and the tweets, go, uh, the message going in the fancast group chat, they're going to pan us. It is what it is. All minds thinking about um, the cup match against Forest because the lineup was a changed one. It was the, it was a rotated one. I mean, Stu, first impressions when you saw our lineup, especially when you compare it to Liverpool's as well. I'll just presume that you were going to throw up the um, the group chat screenshots of me saying we'd lose 4-0 and then Dan trying to troll me on Twitter saying that I don't care and I'll be the first one to moan, which I thought we'd get panned. <laughs> looking, at, looking at that and then looking at their lineup, I thought, well, fair enough. He, he's, took the, he's took the L, as the kids say. And um, with an eye for Wednesday, which is the main priority, I did not expect that performance to come from that lineup whatsoever. <laughs> And I don't think I was the only one either. I mean, what I guess was, Stan, for you, what was the standout in terms of, you know, the wall starters in there? Was it, um, I don't know, um, Lambasi? I keep I keep mispronouncing this and it's killing me. And I've been trying all day, mate. Lambikisa. There we go. Just just think of Kiss at the end. Lambikisa. Lambikisa. Or just go. call him Big Dexter like I do. <laughs> Big Dex, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll go for that. Big Dexter or um or, or Joe Hodge being in the midfield too with with Neves last night was the 
the big names for me. I think we all sort of guessed Sarkic was going to be given a, a go between the sticks in, instead of Jose Sar, but I thought Wolves going with a midfield two, knowing that Liverpool always stick to a midfield three. I felt it was really brave of Lopetegui to start with Joe Hodge, but we will talk about him later on because he was outstanding. But I thought Lemba Kisa at, at right back uh, coming up against Cody Gakpo was going to be a massive uh, battle. And uh, Joe Hodge coming up against Fabinho, Thiago and um, who was the other midfield? Henderson. Jordan Henderson, was it? Yeah, yeah I just, I just thought that, that, that was the two stand out. Um, Johnny has been really just not great in, in recent months. And um, I thought he, he was going to come unstuck last night, but we'll, we'll talk about that for everyone. Those are the, the three ones, three big ones. Lemba Kiesa, Johnny and Joe Hodge for me. Yeah, I mean, quickly on to sort of that Liverpool lineup because it's pretty much a stronger Liverpool lineup as you can have. Um, I mean, Gakpo, starting Jafo, big, um, you know, big World Cup for him. Mm-hmm. Gets his, you know, pretty much starts straight away. No, uh, there's no sort of settling in on the bench or anything for him. Um, again, when you saw that, did you, did you have a sort of similar, this is going to be a long old evening for us? Yeah, it's, 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 to see that you know Klopp's taking it as seriously as he is is quite a, a turnaround from what what he's done in recent years. And yeah, like you say, I was I was concerned it probably would have been one where they're they're just going to have 90 percent of the ball for the whole game and just just score two or three, and that would be you know sayonara for the for the FA Cup this season. But you know, as as we as we seen, it didn't really pan out that way. And I think their form continues to to falter and and, and puts Mister Mister Klopp under a little bit of pressure even more and more with every game that goes on. Yeah, I think one thing... Liverpool were crap yesterday. Don't get me wrong, they weren't good. But I don't think that should really rule over how well Wolves did yesterday, apart from the first couple of minutes of the game when it felt like it was going to be a bit shaky. You know, Gakpo has that early chance Mm -hmm. and we did have those nerves. But as soon as we got past that opening couple of stages we looked like the Wolves of old didn't we? Yeah I think it was a lot to do with um, Sarkic's inability to use his feet as well which is very odd considering that was one of the plus points of his loan at Birmingham as well where he was composed on the ball and yet he looked terrified, he looked like he'd never never kicked a ball in his life at times and it, it, like things he was pinging it all over the place slicing it and you think well you just involved in pressure when you've got a keeper doing that. And once he seemed to calm down, everyone else seemed to calm down around him as well. It was really, really strange. Yeah. I, I, I in hindsight, thinking yeah. about this, do you know, do you know how bad Sarkic was in, in those opening 10 minutes? He, looked, he was so nervous. Was that a ploy by Lopetegui to make Liverpool feel like they could pen us in even further up the field, knowing <laughs> that we could break through the press yeah. even better? <laughs> Oh, anything Lopetegui can do at the moment, I'm buying into it. It wouldn't surprise me that he's kind of lured them all into a false sense of security because it felt like that throughout and how Wolves pressed. I genuinely can't remember the last time I saw a Wolves team press to that degree, especially against a you know good opponent. We're so used to Wolves playing a bit that counter-attack. I wouldn't quite say low block. But being that bit deeper and it pays dividends because that's how the first goal comes about. And for me, 
there's so much we could get into. Don't get me wrong in terms of um, coverage of this match from mainstream media, but the ITV coverage. And don't get me wrong, it's a howl of Becker um, for, for Greta's opening goal. But a couple of things to pull up for it for me is little Dan, Joe Hodge for it. Just does the work in the Joe first Hodge place. Joe Hodge made Thiago look like, a, like how we've been sort of talking about Matinho at times. Joe Hodge made Thiago look like an old man last night. <laughs> the way he hassled, yeah. someone else called him a terrier. Joe Hodge was one of the, the main um, sort of instigators on, on how well we pressed up. up I, I felt Matip and Canate were similar to um, Mings and Conta last night. They wanted to be pretty on the ball. They thought they had more time on the ball because in, in the past, teams that have, have been reluctant to press Liverpool and now mm. teams have figured them out and pressing them high and they're all starting to make little mistakes. And that's why every time Liverpool got the ball defensively yesterday, they all started to sort of second doubt themselves. And that's why Wolves... Just built built upon more confidence as the as the, as the half grew on. It's, it's similar to Villa um, last night. Is that we should have killed Liverpool off in the first half because they were there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. yeah. And what I was thinking in terms of the goal as well. So obviously, they'd already kind of gone through that initial point, and when it's so high at the pitch, obviously Raul goes down because it feels a gust of wind, and. Ball comes to Becker. I mean, I don't. I almost felt like of, of all the negative things I could focus on, it really probably shouldn't be Raúl Jiménez. I mean, it's like it's so low down on the list of things, isn't it, to talk about? But the fact that Guedes is there, like, can you remember last time? You pull the pick, pull the picture up again, Rich. You, you you see how much time Alison Becker's got on the ball. I'm, I'm not even. Sure. You, look, you look at the angle there. There's no right back on. And Matip is like diagonally in the same line as um, Matip. There's no pass for Becker on there. He's, no. he's just had a, a, a brain like fart and Guedes has <laughs> capitalised. But moments before that, Matip had a bit of um, a, a brain fart in their, in their box, which Guedes never got a, a good connection on, which that, that could have put us 1-0 up. Liverpool yesterday was so poor, but our game plan was just executed so well. Like I said, we should have killed him up in the first half. You know what it was for me? It was arrogance. I, mean, I think like you jokingly said earlier about full sense of security, I think that was a lot to do with it because they started just strolling around the pitch and like lackadaisical passes like this one. And you think, well, normally they do these kind of things and they get away with it time and time again because no one presses them that much. Yeah. And it was almost like, oh, it doesn't matter. We're not going to get caught. And then eventually when they did get caught, it, they didn't stop it. It was, it was unbelievable. Say to claw it back to Dexter, it was very much a dope surprise, motherfucker, wasn't it? <laughs> Just c- coming in, and you know, but I say for me, I genuinely can't remember. I know I can't see us scoring that goal under Bruno Large. I don't, I don't see the players getting high enough at the pitch. I don't no, see I them, know. and like it, it, it's, it's one in 200, isn't it? But you have to do that legwork get those silly chances and I reckon and again perceptions of the game and you know I didn't go and watch it on ITV the coverage of half time in particular was awful for Wolves in my opinion like just, you know it was 20 minutes on Liverpool but if Liverpool had scored that and you know we talked about Sarkic being nervy and stuff like that 
they said, oh, great press by Nunes. Great. And, it's, you know, give Wolves a credit because they've had to buy into this and this isn't a Wolves team we're like, you know, brimming with confidence. We'd, we're all kind of working it together. But even after the goal, it could have been really easy for Wolves to sit back. But then, as you say, we kept looking away and we kept we kept opening opening them up. And genuinely, I reckon we could have had at least one more half-time if we were... Um, you know, if we had our shoot, shooting boots on. I, I just think, like I've already mentioned, um, how well the game plan was executed. Lop, you mentioned large a moment ago. Lopetega has obviously instilled some massive level of bravery into this squad that they're confident that when that when one player goes in the press, two or three follow. And I think, like you just mentioned, when large had lost that confidence from his playing staff. They didn't believe in his philosophy in the end. I think in the in the sort of first six months of his tenure, the results were there. So they sort of went along with it. But as soon as things started to fall apart, they just thought, fuck this. Mm. And that's why mm. I think it was so impressive, considering the amount of time that Lopetegui's had in charge now, is they're following the philosophy. They're all brave. And he's making players that were bang average previously step up the game. Um I said on Twitter last night, Fosen need to back Lopetega this month. It's like January the January the eighth now. We signed one player. They need to back this manager because he's special. You, you, you can see what he's already getting out of this team. Get him the players that we need. Uh, there's been talks about Mario Lamina stumbling fee over the, the the cost. Just get the deal done because we, we're so threadbare in the midfield. Give this manager what he needs to execute his game plan week in, week out. Otherwise, yeah. it's, it's it's on Fosun. Yeah. And it's like, after, what, four games, he's already, you know, turned us around to being a competent football side. Imagine if you gave him 50 million. <laughs> Shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was going to say, the, the Premier League documentary that, about um, the time in Marbella that came out yesterday morning as well, and you can see in there, like everything that Dan said, then that the players fully believe in him. But you got people like Diego Costa talking about how how much they have to run and how much they have to work, but they don't mind because they they're doing it for the coach. You wouldn't have got that in the last year of Underlarge, let alone the end of his tenure. But so I think if that was in Marbella before the season even restarted, and we're now what four or five games in. You think where are we going to be by February time with this squad of wasters that we all hated about six weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of give you that newfound optimism, doesn't it? And, you know, uh, performances are results aside, sorry, the performances are there, which is what you want to be seeing. And the fact we do look more of it. But obviously, we did concede an equaliser. And. The mind kind of boggles a bit because Nathan Collins was arguably man of the match. No, he was. But I, I don't quite know what he was doing for that goal. It was either going to be the greatest single pass in the, in the world and hooking it out to the left wing, or it was kamikaze stuff. But, you know, I, I guess you can't predict on Trent Alexander-Arnold raking a 50-yarder. That's a world-class oh, oh. pass, isn't it? The cross yeah. is world-class from him. But I, th- I think a lot of it comes down to Collins. Collins when, yeah. As soon as he did that ball, I think like Neves did a diagonal about a few minutes before, which was like an absolute classic Neves diagonal. 
Colin's just got into a bit of a nervous moment. But you just can't you can't take it away from Trent Alexander. He's he's put the most beautiful ball. It wasn't even a, a great connection by Darwin Nunes, but the ball Trent just put it on a plane. Foot soccer's just got his, his footwork a bit wrong, but it's just one of them goals you can't. It's got to take you out yeah. off and just it's always appreciate Trent Alexander's could, ability to yeah. find the vision and the pass to execute it. Yeah, yeah it's always you difficult. Not... You shouldn't, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, uh, as, as D Marsden puts in the comments as well, big thanks to everyone who's tuning in live um, on YouTube as well. Keep it up with your comments. We'll share as many as possible. Um, you know, you can argue, again, uh, could Dexter do better? Because he kind of just trails off at the last minute. He keeps up to pace with him, then just loses him over that last 10 yards. But when a ball's that good, you, he's stuck between, you know, he's going to get himself in no man's land. Um, as it were, and, you know, it happens. It, it, it was a shame because it came before half-time. And then we were on the ropes about the sort of five minutes before half-time. Um, but I say, you go into half-time 1-1, considering the lineup and you know, the, the performance absolutely blew it out of the water. And I was, you know, I was ready to um, see, you know, what, what big Emil Heskey has to say. <laughs> Big Emil Heskey, by the way. I mean, I was going to say B I G capital letters. Um, and yeah, just I was all about Liverpool. Oh, but and, and you know about Darwin Nunes with his instinctual finishing. I was like, what? Well, what about our boys? Any any danger? Um, but you know, it's it's not like them to focus on the big the big clubs, is it? Um, <laughs> and then like they had a cut. What I loved most about it, and we all talk about the football. Um, you know, because the second half there's like so much to talk about. I we're like, Owen quickly, what do you think Wolves could do second half? And then Mihes goes, give the ball to his armor trial, right? <laughs> and insightful I, that is, isn't it? I was like, is that the best you can come up with? That's that's um, the target man I mean, isn't it? Just get the ball yeah. to my right winger and lump balls into the box. Maybe Emileski just neglected to remember that we've got him and he's up front, not a prime Emileski. Yeah, and I was just I was like, Ain't Nori's playing as well. He's I tell you what, Ain't Nori is a left winger. Cool, I think that, you know, helps out Johnny. Just what you need to going forward. He, you know, he's stick, he's making Nice add you know pounds upon pounds upon pounds onto his price tag. Um, so yeah, I went into the second half full of optimism. Don't know about you boys. Um, and then, fuck knows what was going on with their second goal. Um, I know I'm going to go to Stu first because Stu, I know what Stu's going to say. Um, but it's offside, right? Come on. Yeah, it's offside. The point is, the rule was changed in the summer to stop this bollocks happening. And I even look because uh, I, I started questioning myself. I thought, have, have I gone completely insane here? Have I, missed, have I misunderstood this? But I hadn't. And you look at the rule, and there's so many things there saying when it is not offside, like you can't be under control of the ball when it's in the air. It's it's a header that he has to jump for. So there's that point. It's not. It's so far away from him, yet he's got time to adjust. But in, in no point is he under the, in control of the ball. And it's, the ball's playing in an offside position. There's been so many goals already this season ruled out for this exact same thing. Apparently, there was one at Chelsea um, Man City last week. I don't watch that game, so I don't know. 
Um, but the, 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 there was the example that I put on on Twitter from Spain as well, um, from from a slice clearance, and you think, well, the rule is there. They changed the rule in the summer to stop all this silliness happening. From I think was it a Champions League game last season where someone slid in and then he was like ten yards offside. Um, it was a Champions League final, wasn't it? Benzema scored against Liverpool, but Fabinho yeah, was... sort of cleared it, but they didn't. Yeah, they disallowed it. The the, the Girona one you put on Twitter is just a complete shank, replicating Toti Gomez's header pretty much. Yeah, and it's, exactly it's, the same. If, if Toti yeah. Gomez is in control, that header does not go to Salah's feet. It's as simple as that. So that rule is like the, the, the caption said, the rules are the rules, but that rule is stupid. And David Ellery or whoever's come up with that rule needs to slap first and then they need to revisit the rule book. I mean, the rule is... The... The point is, the rule is there to to make the, this goal offside. They have then interpreted that completely wrongly, or ignored the rule change and gone on what happened last year. You think, oh, oh yeah, but just because it, it it's touched him, so it, it counts. No, he's that's not the rule anymore. It hasn't been the rule for six months, and yeah. I don't understand how people. I mean, you, we've I've talked about this before you know, about commentators who do not know what they're talking about. Jermaine Genius mainly. Any Luca is a special case altogether. Just forget all about her. But there's a lot of people who do not, who work in football, who have not got a clue what they're talking about. And it's so frustrating because the normal people who watch this stuff, they then take it in and then you, then you try to explain to them they are wrong. And they went, oh, well, who are you? You're not an expert. You didn't play. You I can fucking read though. And it's on the IFAB website. It's on the FA website, Premier League website, whatever, whatever many other sources do you need to see? The rule is vague in itself. That's the problem. But everything in there that says it's not offside applies to this. At the mm. same time, you can, if in some, if you really wanted to, which clearly they did, because we'll get onto that. There is a way that you can apply this to say it was not offside, but you've got you're going around the roundabouts in a, and you're ticking a load of different boxes there to get away with it. If this was the other way around, would it be allowed? Hmm. Not a chance, no. no. Absolutely no. No. I mean, uh, that we, we're snowballing into uh, into the DEFCON area of, of this <laughs> game, aren't we? And for me, it's like, if it's the other way round, if it's allowed, column inch after column inch after column inch is dedicated, isn't it? And what's going to be supposed to do in that situation? Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it, it's got to morph into flipping prime Maldini brazy hybrid <laughs> and just let it go over his head. It's stupid. The rule is utterly bonkers. But like like Stuart said, and everyone else in the football community, apart from ninety percent of Liverpool fans, think is that the rule stupid? And it, it, it would for the other way around. Liverpool it would have been disallowed if that was flipping Kuna who scored. It would have been disallowed. Yeah, and like offside, do the, they? The, the, ethos behind it isn't it is to it's to prevent people gaining that advantage like strip it back to its core essence that's what it's for and i know you just can't get dragged down with me oh well you know he made a conscious attempt for the ball well yeah what's he supposed to do he doesn't know it's not gonna work is it but i'll just say i've got it up here the clear on the ifab.com. 
The following criteria should be used as appropriate as indicators that a player was in control of the ball and as a result deliberately played the ball. Okay, How many of these apply to this situation? The ball travelled from a distance and the player had a clear view of it. Yes. The ball was not moving quickly. Yes. The direction of the ball was not unexpected. Fine. The player had time to coordinate their body movement. I.e., it was not a case of instinctive stretching or jumping or a movement that achieved limited contact control. Literally there in black and white. Yeah. That, 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 Just, that, 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 they're told about these things. That's yet untested on these referees, yeah. you know, and, and there'll be nothing. There'll be nothing come out from the PGMOL and, and, no. and all these groups. And there should be an apology at very least towards the club because... And I think it's t it's telling that Mike Dean retired as a referee last summer, has never refereed under this law. Hmm. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, the VAR, the guys who are on VAR should at least, you know, either be educated in the law in a proper way, or they should still <laughs> be active so, referees. Yeah. <laughs> You, you want people who are still, you know, within the game, like you say. You want people who are using up to date the latest laws, the ones who are, you know, up to date with what's going on in the game. Because at the end of the day, Mike Dean isn't involved, like you say, anymore. And his archaic ideas, anyway, were damaging the damaging the Premier League enough as it was when he was still in the game. And now he's outside and he's still causing all this damage. And it, it takes three, it takes three hours. Every year I read this this the book the Premier League handbook. I read this every year on a beach in Whitby in June, July. Every year, three hours. That's all it takes to understand the rules of the game. That you you know exactly. You know exactly what I'm going to ask you. Is that Not, before? Is it before or after the Dracula experience? You read it. <laughs> uh, do, no, you to, do you go to the Banks's pub next door? The the, the Granby. No, no. Um, we're talking about Whitby here, um, and I, it's on the proper <laughs> beach as well, not Tate Hill Sands. Oh yeah, you can't, you can't be lying on that with a book, no. Um, but the, the, sorry, the point you is, as a, sorry, do you print it out? I, you... I used to print it out, but it's oh, it's Stu, that. It's... Oh, Stu, I absolutely love you. <laughs> it's yeah, but you, you're talking. I mean, I've been been doing this for like ten odd years. I mean, you can't take a tablet to the beach unless you're some kind of lunatic. And I'm not going to download it onto the Kindle, am I? I mean, so you can either read it on your phone or print it out. I mean, this time and now I read it on my phone, obviously, because it's waterproof, so it doesn't matter. But in, day, in days of yonder, I have printed out and stapled it in the corner. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I could just do a shot of this, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but we won't, because part of me did think when we conceded, all right, they, they had that spell just for half time. They got the equaliser. They've come out second half. Guns blazing Liverpool. They've gone ahead. They've sorted out what they need to. But again, Something that we've had under Lopetegui, which we haven't had for a long, long time, is they didn't seem phased, did they? No. They just went, no, we'll go out and get an equaliser. And, you know, we'll talk about the subs, I guess, because they were the main catalyst for getting the actual equaliser. But even before that, you know, you had Jimenez, who, oof, I almost don't quite know where to start on him, but we had chances to... Um, you know, really make an impact on it. And ain't Nori as well. Um, you know, driving through, fit, you know, embodying Helda Costa um, from all those years back. And yeah, 
we, we could have equalised. And it would have been deserved. Yeah, fully deserved. And uh, You know, we, we, we've pussied around this for too long. Let's just get into it. Because why is he still playing? He's, it's obvious, Ralph Jimenez. There's a reason he hasn't been picked. <laughs> There's a reason he hasn't been picked. And he's not the same person anymore. He's not the same player. He's not the same person. He's selfish. He's snatching at things. He can't run. He can't pass. And he can't shoot. What is the point of him on the pitch anymore? It's, I mean, that one where there were, he had four options either side of him, didn't he? And he, ch- he chose to have a... Have a like a golf swing at it with about four four defenders in front of him, which inevitably got blocked. And you, it's at the, it's almost at trial levels of frustration there, where you just kind of expect him to do something ridiculous and wrong. And when you played him there, he was the weak link in the entire team for the for the whole time he was on the pitch. And you think, yeah, I know. I said in that tweet that went quite <laughs> well viral-ish about Costa last week about how well he, he played and in the first half at Villa. And I think, well, you look at that and contrast that to Jimenez's performance against Liverpool, it was night and day. The bloke is a chancer and he, he's obviously not going to be here much longer and fine, we wish him well, whatever he's done for us. But it's time to say goodbye now. And I, I'd rather ha- I'd, I would rather have Huang up front on Wednesday if Costa's not fit than give him any more minutes whatsoever because he's clearly not there anymore. It's a shame, obviously, but we're not a charity. It's time to fuck off. Um, Dean Martin says on YouTube comments, yesterday's performance showed me two things uh, regarding Jimenez. He looked he looked asked, which was against the most recent narrative. Number two, he's just not the same player anymore through no fault of his own. I mean, Dan, what are your thoughts on Jimenez? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's like what how Stu ended that conversation then. Um it's 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 unfortunate that we've got to this point now where we're all talking so negatively about him. But the big point Stu made is that we're not a charity, we're a multi million pound football company that's in a relegation battle. And I put the tweet out earlier saying that could theoretically be his last game for Wolves. He's somehow been linked to Barcelona in the last week, which is <laughs> saying that Barcelona was signed flipping Campana from, is he? Either, either way, he's just he's, he's nowhere near the same player. He's not going to get back to the, half the player he was before and like through no fault of his own. But Kuna's signed now and he's done more in the last two games than him and has done for the last eight months. Diego Costa put in a great shift against Villa in the week and I really wanted Raul to get on the goal, the goal sheet, goal, the score sheet last night and kickstart his season, but he, he's done. He, he's finished for Wolves and probably the, the greatest striker that I've seen in a Wolves shirt in my lifetime. I never saw Steve Bull in his prime. He was like 90. What, when did he retire? 97, 98, something like that. 98, 99. 99. So, I mean, I was flipping 12 when he retired. So, I never saw prime bully in the Division 4, Division 3 seasons when he was bagging 50. Stephen Fletcher was a solid all-around striker. Kevin Dore could run his socks off. He'd run all the channels you could you could ever need him to. Sylvain Ebanks-Blake was lethal. But from an all-around striker that actually fulfilled in the goal-scoring charts, him as he's the best striker I've seen in, Walsh, in a Walsh show in my lifetime. And to see him go from that to where he is now, it's it's, it's massively unfortunate and, and disappointing. But he's, he's, he, he may still be our highest earning player. 
who's definitely in the top five of, of our current squad. And we can't afford to be carrying players like that anymore. And adios, Raul. Yeah, I feel like we do just need to shake hands and move on at this point. And um, regarding, um, I get sort of looping back to Stu when uh, and and Dean says bang on Dan. You're completely right. Um, you know, he, he runs through. I think he's got like you know hot most of the forward line next to him. He has so many options. He just runs into a Liverpool defender immediately afterwards gets subbed off and I just it's like yeah that that it just felt so defining but turning its head that triple sub substitution by Lopetegui I think in the 62nd 63rd minute game changer for Wolves mm-hmm. it was like he you know he, he, like, he did reverse Uno card just... that was one of the big points at half time Rich I think Gully mentioned it in the WhatsApp group we went into half time one all and we were very unfortunate to go in level. And we still had uh, really strong players still to come off the bench. Yeah. Neves, sorry, Nunes, uh, Kuna. Huang was going to make an impact, hopefully. Whereas Liverpool, you looked at their bench and there wasn't really anyone that made me think, oh, they've left, they've left a big gun on there just to give them a bit more of a, an ace in the card if we were to go back in front. And I, I just felt like we were, we were back in the ascendancy. Going, going beyond one was was annoying because of how well we played up until that point. But we were still managing to beat their press a lot of the time. We were still creating chances. That ate a chance where he hit straight at Allison was, was unfortunate. I thought, I thought that, that might be our big chance had gone. But then we go, we go four on four, Lembekisa. I mean, I know Lembekisa is only a young kid, but if Jimenez hadn't played me in and I was, was Lembekisa at that moment, <laughs> I would have absolutely bollocked him because me and Gully both said when we when that moment happened Raul you selfish prick because mm. that was a massive opportunity the kid was at acres and it, on his right foot in in a good opportunity good area of the penalty area to put one away huge opportunity and like you just him and his had to come off at that moment and the rest is history yeah because what was it two three minutes later we get the equaliser is that Huang man Huang and for me, all right, we could talk about the uh, the one-two, the interchange, the buzzing relationship he already has with Kuna. We could talk about how he, you know, manages to sort of nick it in off, off a rebound off himself. But was that the first time we saw a great first touch from Huang? And the first time in since he was on loan. <laughs> like, yeah. it was like, I said, it was like he morphed into Berbatov. He just trapped it... From the sky, like it was a fallen angel. I think we talk about <laughs> we, we talk. No, you talk about um, Lobtegi luring into a false sense of security. I think Liverpool backed off because, like, fuck's this chance of doing? But he turns it on against Liverpool, doesn't he? Yeah, he's got, he... got a history, hasn't he? Of turning it on at Anfield, just it, it was like exceptionally an, uh, an out of body experience with that first touch of Wang's viewing it. But just <laughs> the, the the pace and and the, the quickness of the interchange and the passing between Huang and Kuna was just something that we've been lacking for so long in the attacking front three. Pardens has got mm. it into to these little quick passes and little turns and stuff, which don't always come off. But the pace that Kuna and Huang ran at that back four Liverpool's it was it was nice to see. And I said we need to see more of that this season. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good. You've seen the, the two players who are essentially on the same wavelength now, like Huang and Huang and Kuna. And I think 
because Kuna's got this sort of attitude that we've seen where he wants to run in behind, he wants to, you know, create space and create chances, this attitude and application that it's going to get the best out of Huang and, and somebody who's, you know, who's, who's really works hard, to, tries hard on the pitch to try and create something. Although he might not have the t- best technical ability, if you've got two or three players there who are willing to run their socks off and put the effort levels that he puts in every game, you're going to, you're going to create these mistakes and create these chances and, and, I know he said earlier that there wasn't many under large, but the, the the one memory that I do have is the game against Arsenal when he robbed the robbed the defender and scored that one. Yeah, yeah, um, Gabriel off Gabriel, yeah, and that's the sort of experience and 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 um, application that we're looking from from someone like Huang, and him combining with Cunha is is only going to you know stand us in good stead to you know hopefully stay in the league and go further in FA Cup League Cup. I made the yeah. comment on one of the episodes recently. Since the World Cup, Huang's looked fit for once. There's, there's a sharpness to his play. He doesn't seem to be carrying any sort of knocks that he had previously. And obviously, the the, the pre-season, pre-season more back, he looked sharp, he looked quick. I think he set up a couple of goals during the, the two games. And getting on the, go- on the score sheet last night. What I keep him going? We've got goal sheet or goal sheet. On the sc- he got on the score sheet last night. And hopefully, the con- his confidence will surely build on the back of this. And I think the strikers will be more confident when they're actually playing games there instead of being demoralised. Like, balls aren't going to be played through. There's going to be runners to their passes if if they're on the ball. I think there's, there's a belief within this squad now that's starting to build. And I'm, I'm buzzing for, for Forrest on Wednesday. I mm. honestly am because I think there's a belief growing within the club again now, which we've lacked for the last 18 months. Yeah, you know what? But, but that goal as well, though, that the the prince of the skies that is uh, Nathan Collins, that header that he won yeah. to get, I mean, to totally redeem himself from the the idiocy in the first half. And you ain't we ain't had anyone that dominant at the back for a long, long time. Maybe even since even Bennett wasn't as good as he is, and we've all kind of laughed and joked about Brexit Bennett, and we've missed him and that kind of part of his game, he's almost like as good as Bolly was in the championship, aerially. He's superb. Yeah. Mm. yeah. No, I can get on board with that. Um, like, just anything about the goal. He was, he said, like, you, you, made the, you made a great point, Dan. Um, and, and Jafo, when you talk about, you know, his players looking to break the lines in the final third. And it's only going to bring out the best of other players like Neves. This was the first time I remember in ages where you got Neves constantly trying those big switches. Mm. He, 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 it was something that we talked about. How much of that game he dropped when Jota left? That oh, he just doesn't play those balls over top anymore because oh, the person knows him. I was like, no, it's taken Kuna. If that <laughs> we've already got already got players there, and now all of a sudden, all right. I feel like I might be getting a bit ahead of myself. And you say, we're already looking forward to Tuesday. I'm always now back in my mindset is I can't imagine Wolves losing football matches. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean? It's a hope that kills you, but yeah. right, it's not I think we're going to not, you know, we're going to go undefeated. But I now have the mindset that it doesn't matter who we're against. It doesn't matter if we're against Forest, West Ham, Liverpool, or we're playing, you know, Arsenal, Man City, whatever. We're gonna give them a game, and yeah. that's such a nice feeling as a fan. Like I, I, I'm pumped for for um, Wednesday now for Forest because I know that no matter what lineup 
or whatever, but we're going to give it some. Now, let's pivot on that positivity for what happened after the goal. Dan, I'm going to come to you. Do you want to talk about the uh, Toti Gomez incident? I mean, yeah, I think you're probably best putting either like the video or, or the picture. I was going to say, should I go for, for, shall, I go for, shall I go for, for the video? Um, because I, for the life of me, I still can't work out why it's why it was disallowed. I've watched it back. I've seen all the angles, even once it's VAR weren't uh, having reference to. Um, for those on YouTube, um, got a quick video from the other side of the pitch, which was the one where you can actually see um, Nunes from at uh, Nuno Army on Twitter. But this has got to be one of the worst slash incompetent decisions I've seen in a long, long time. Because it, it was... It's, it's... It's beyond moronic. I just, I was obviously doing our, our Twitter feed it like in in play last night, and even before I saw the one angle, um, I said no way is Mateus Nunes that deep when the um, when the second header goes that direction. I said watch it back. Trent's playing them on side. That was like before the the, the second replay had even come out. The the ITV coverage during that that moment was just disgraceful. The fact it took mm. so long to not get into an actual conclusion. And then you find out there was 17 official cameras in Anfield and not one could pick up the flipping video. Yet you've got flipping dazzling Dave in a flipping corporate box. It was online in the bloody six yard box. He's got an, an unfiltered view of, of the, uh, the cross coming in. And it's, 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 it's just, I don't want to be that, that, that football fan that says the top six and protected football's corrupt. Well, on the basis of that last night, football's an absolute shit show. And that's the reason why so many football fans are being driven out watching their professional sides and going to watch non-league clubs because it's proper football there. In the Premier League, it's just a joke. You look at that 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 image on the screen there, which being sports show, their, their tech shows. Nunes is a good sort of yard and a half, two yards on side there when the ball comes back from Wang. It's... It's so sacrilegious to, to football. It's it hurts. There's a lot of chances out there on, on on Twitter and stuff that we're you know trying to wind people up. But I think it's quite genuinely scary that there are people out there who genuinely believe that decision was correct. And that, oh, that was... kind of hurts me inside that that people can't say that that was a mistake and and just hold their hands up and say okay, the referee got it wrong. Because it doesn't take a genius to look at that and figure out, okay, they're fucked up. So for me, I I found it fascinating, and I think in like the last couple of weeks, I followed a couple of like referee. I was gonna say amateur referees. That sounds no, it's not even harsh. Fuck it, I I might even name and shame him if I feel like it later. Um, saying oh how how hard a job it is and stuff like. It's like yeah, I get it, but you still make the mistake and. You mentioned earlier, um, Jafo, about the PGML and the lack of accountability. Mm. And that's it for me, that we're not going to get a definitive reason behind why, you know, if the reasoning can't just be, oh, we couldn't see him. It's like, you're fucking kidding me. That That is so worrying for the product that is English football. <laughs> That's what I said on, the, on Twitter, Rich. How can Liverpool, big fuck-off, super club, six-time Champions League winners, 
Everybody flipping all across the world knows who Liverpool is. How can they not have a legitimate camera in their stadium to conclude a VAR call? It's a, it's and, a joke. Yeah. And this is where the conspiracy thing comes in because if you watch Match of the Day, they, they have yeah. the actual image, the camera from that angle that clearly shows it. So if Match of the Day have access to this camera, why don't VAR? There's no answer to that. The whole excuse of we don't have an image is the biggest load of bollocks I've ever heard in my entire life of watching football. Because it's a lie. It's a blatant lie. Because if they didn't have a camera, they couldn't play Champions League games there. This is from the same organisation that during the first season of VAR, um, a referee left his position at, at, at VAR headquarters to go and use the toilet during a game. So they missed the decision. This is the same organisation. So I can't trust them to do anything right. Yeah. So I, did, I didn't want to jump on the flipping anti-Mike Dean wagon. I saw Adam Thompson put up that, um, you know, Mike Dean's give like four injury time penalties against us, two against Cardiff, both penalties. Penalty away against Burnley, I think, was harsh. Like, I think Villa at home in the pandemic season. He's a bastard. Mike Dean's a bastard. He loves the limelight. Like you said earlier, Stu, he's retired and he's still getting... Um, headlines written about him but the whole VAR software process whatever you want to call it if you can't guarantee you're going to get the decision right 100 out of 100 times it's a flawed system until you can do that you shouldn't be in a product of, of this value but that's the point they can and they have and they have lied they have openly lied to everyone because the camera's there. The, the BBC showed that image. They showed footage from... That's not just someone made it up. The BBC showed that footage from that camera that's in Anfield. So it's, an, it's a tactical camera. Every camera is aligned to VAR. We all yeah. know this because that's how the lines... When you draw the lines for offside, they're calibrated in 3D space. There's a video on FIFA's with YouTube about how they do this. It's all lies and it's all bollocks. But if then you go back to up... the point about Mike Mike Dean being like the, the guy who was in charge of VAR at Stockley Park. You look yeah. at Mike Dean and I couldn't imagine him flipping being on Canva doing all these like Photoshop edits that me and Rich have to do. So if, if he's being tasked to flipping put software lines down for oh, offside. People do that for him anyway. They they, they just there to say They've got people. 17 cameras in Anfield and there isn't one person at Stockley Park that can find one image to put one offside line down. When you see the amount of games that have, has happened in the last two years with VAR, where they haven't even used like solid 90 degree angle lines. They've just found an image and put a line down out for the best. How have they not done that last night? Because they couldn't find an image to keep it, to keep um, Nunes offside. Yeah, and they've lied. And this is the biggest problem. And I, I, I said on Twitter as well, when it comes to me this morning, I thought, well, actually, hang on a minute. After we'd seen all the, the, the videos and the things, and the linesman is running away. The linesman's running towards the centre circle. Yeah. So he's not giving the goal. The ref, there's a, again, the video's out there, unless it's been deleted already. <laughs> there's a video out there of the ref pointing to the linesman to say, put your flag up. Clearly, that's what he's saying to him. If the if that hadn't flagged, that, that goal would have been given because they on their reckoning, they couldn't have seen it, which we all know would have been a lie because they were they would have found that image, they were drawn the line across. There you go. 
straight it's away. It's absolutely bonkers. You just mentioned it. The linesman literally turns away to go to the halfway line because he thinks it's a goal. The referee has told him to put his flag up. So what they've then said afterwards, saying they had to go with the on-field position, the on-field decision. The referee has made an offside call. Yeah. Which exactly. shouldn't be making it. Yeah. It so doesn't it's, the only the, the only plausible explanation is it's fucking bent and corrupt. Yeah, he, and this is coming from this is coming from me who defends referees quite a lot on here and gets yeah, a lot of shit yeah, for it. Do. And I'll the stickler for the rules and all this stuff. There is no world where this. Yes, Jonathan Bloom, Mike Dean is a serpent, and we all know this. He killed chickens for a living. What kind of person does that? He's lower than shark shit, Mike Dean is. <laughs> oh, God. And the thing is, Shark should probably be onside if it was Liverpool. But I, the point is... He doesn't need... The referee and the linesman don't need to because won't get checked by VAR anyway. Exactly. Like, the, only, the, the only way, the only reason he would say, put your flag up, is if the, in the back of their heads there was something, oh, something might be happening here. Because, like you said, Rich, everything's checked. There's no reason for any of it. There's no reason, yeah. no logical reason. There's no way anyone can say to me there is a reason for that referee to tell that linesman to put his flag up when every goal, every goal is checked. Not the whole oh, let's it will be checked or it might be checked. It will go to VAR. Every goal is checked. Every offside is checked. It doesn't matter. There's no going to VAR. Mm. There's no reason for him to do that unless there's some untoward going on. And I, I, yet again, it's at Anfield, yeah. and it's against us. And you went to in the comments West Ham, in the last 24 Leeds, hours. Leicester, there's loads of different fans of different clubs all commenting the same thing corruption at its finest because everyone's sick of it. And there's a reason why they won't have it. Let us hear the microphone conversations. Why why not? They do it in Australia, but they mm. don't do it here. I that that's my thing. Just a level of just simple accountability. And all right, I appreciate. We watched it. I watched it at home, so you'd have heard it quicker. But if they do it in other sports, they do it in other. Yeah. They do it in other nations within the same sport, and I don't. Even if it was the linesman who gave it, um, I, you know what? Um, in the comments, Dean Marsden did remind me after the last show I did, where I decided I needed to have Twitter beef with with Dean. Um, for no for no real reason whatsoever. But he did remind me of um, one of my New Year's resolutions, which was to uh, get him more Twitter, uh, to be a bit more outrageous on Twitter. And he does say, name and shame, Rich, keep up that New Year's resolution. So you're right, I have found it. So it was the refereeforum.com who tweeted, um, as the ball was played back to the Wolves corner taker, uh, the action was offside. Brilliant spot by the AR in real time and confirmed by VAR. Brilliant officiating. I did a bit of digging. Turns out he's from Liverpool, but was that the guy <laughs> I got into a Twitter spat with? Um, no, no, I think else, it was a different. He's one. from Liverpool as well. Yeah, the, that... the, 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 I think he was Ref what? Support UK that yeah, I got yeah, into a spat with. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, and that that was the most bizarre Twitter Twitter conversation I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it was just like a complete non sequitur. It was, yeah, because he was like, clearly something is wrong here, and he went, "You weren't complaining about the Allison mistake, though." 
I'm sorry to keep using this analogy, but there's so many people. There's, there's, there's a spice pandemic out there. People need to <laughs> smoke and spice. We need to get these people in sheltered accommodation because they're, they're, ruining, they're ruining society. They're making bold statements. They're, they're bringing society down to a, to a class which is just, it's, it's ruining football and we need to get these people. But what I was going to, right. I'm naming shaming. Not hey, look, I I do understand that referees have a hard time and stuff like that. And if you know, you say, oh, if it's all on the linesman, which we know it isn't, Stu, because I know mm. another Twitter ref that he's retweeted went through this really long detail about he's got to see all these different players. He's got to watch 18 players and see at one time. But. For him to have seen that, if it was the linesman who gave it, even if he'd just spoken to a ref whilst it was happening, going, I think 27's offside. Just from looking at where those players are, he cannot be certain. He's given it. And uh, all right, if Nunes is off by a sliver, which he ain't, he has winged it. I'm sorry. He has just gone, I think so. And you can't do that with the current interpretation of VAR. And as far as I'm aware, refs don't get it like penalised if it if there is a VAR check. So if it wasn't given, no, if it was given, sorry, and it gets pulled back for offside, the linesman's not going to, you know, get fined a week's wages, is he? Yeah, I don't. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it just like rely on the, either rely on the technology or fucking don't. Play but, the video one more time, Rick. Because I want to be pissed off again. Okay. If you look at if you look at Trent Alexander's Arnold's right foot as the cross, uh, sorry, as Huang heads the ball to um, Nunes, it's it's heading towards uh, Allison's back post. It's honestly, I thought that 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 might have been the only incident, the only instance where when when Nunes puts the left foot cross across six yard box, Totty's offside at that moment. But then mm. it gets cleared. Then Frank puts it back to him, and then Charles is well on side. It's just see. It's I, just thought it, I, I thought maybe it's for Collins' header. But Collins has headed it, and the linesman hasn't seen that. It, Frank's it's flicked it on the way, yeah. And yeah. but it just doesn't make sense, does it? It, it, it I, it, yeah. I think uh, well, you, just what you said is, is bang on. To be honest, Rich, that that if, if it, they've got a hard job, yeah, it's a difficult job. And they've got to look up for all these players. But if you are not 100% sure, then just don't give the decision because yeah. you've got this backing. This VAR, the VAR is there they, for a they reason. They didn't give it there. The linesman didn't give the offside. No. But they were saying on ITV, the flag's gone up, the flag's gone up. So I don't, I yeah. It's lies. Because this why, this why I had another spat with it been Mark Pugash last night because <laughs> the, coverage af- the coverage after the game, him and Jurgen Klopp had both sort of tried to convince the viewing public we're pretty sure that they've got this right, but we haven't got confirmed imagery yet. You shouldn't be saying stuff like that if you know, if, you, if you're not 100%. That's why I thought, mm. that's why I had to have a pop at Mark Pergash last night because the viewing public, it's the same with everything, whether it's flipping Brexit, politics, whatever. The people will hear one line and believe that without reading the rest of the article. There yeah. will be people that after that game wouldn't have even looked at the, looked for replays or imagery to, to, to verify whether it was offside. Because the experts and, say so, yeah. Yes, that's well, what it is. It's... I think my, my problem with it, I mean, 
when you said that about what did you think at first, I, I thought it might be one of them weird ones where someone's like two, like a millimeter behind the goalkeeper or something like that. I thought that mm. it, it must have been something like that because it was too odd. But I ain't got no beef with the linesman because like the dude's doing his job. He thinks it's offside. He might be winging it. Yeah, fine. But the whole point is they are there to, to back you up just in case. If there was, if they, if this was a game in the Championship or, or a non-Premier League ground. And he had to make the decision, and then there's no backup. I don't think he would have done it. If if, if this was like we've said, if this was reversed, there's no way that would be given offside. Not a chance. Not a chance yeah. at all. But Honestly, the point is, this is the first time I can remember where the linesman hasn't been saved by a blatantly wrong decision from a nonsensical excuse that doesn't exist. It all or if they were wrong, if they said if they said yeah, we thought it was offside. Fine, um, but we, we fought up. Fine, whatever. Just yeah, apologise. That's all. Now and... Yeah, just apologise. And oh, we haven't got the images. Well, we've clearly shown everyone on Twitter. People in the stands doesn't. They haven't got them cameras, but they had the cameras. They have the cameras there, and that part of it is unforgivable for me. And I think from now on, anything that's not conclusive. And anything that's even remotely dodgy is going to be piled on him with a ton of bricks. And right, that was one of the biggest selling points about VAR was yeah. unless been, something is clear and obvious, you can't. It's been manipulated. It. It's been manipulated beyond any kind of realm of sanity. And the whole point of Howard Webb coming in now, and we have seen it since he's been in. To be fair, in the last few weeks, where it hasn't been anywhere near as bad as it was beforehand. It's been used properly. It's been used for actual clear and obvious mistakes, which is what this what obviously that doesn't count for offside anyway. But it's been used properly, and it's quite refreshing. And uh, there's been no real beef with it, really. There's been the odd mm. one that's a bit contentious, but no clear and obvious errors. Offside is not that. Offside is black and white. We've been told that over and over again, and yeah. now they're lying about something that we've got clear evidence that they're lying about. Yeah. And what is that for? All it's done now is jeopardise things going forward until next year when we have the automatic robot offside that we had in the World Cup, and then they, then they can't mess it up, and then they can't twist the rules, and then they can't because everything's automated. So, and until that happens, they're going to be under scrutiny now because, and it's their own fault. Yeah, it, it just shows the level of inco- you know, it, it, it's it's one of those it's incompetency at best. It's you know, corrupt or whatever worse. And it's for me, it's, it's the incompetency of it because, you know, you say there's so many cameras, there's so many ways we can do it, but they won't ever change. They won't change because, and I was trying to work out what it was reminding me of. And when I mentioned about these different, ref, you know, football refs, Twitter sphere, there's like no black box thinking. So they are all just, we need to back the referee. It doesn't matter. Oh, you can't be, you know, you shouldn't bruise the referee. No, no, uh, no refs, no game, whatever. It, doesn't make you know actually need to understand no that didn't work why did it not work and they won't no one's gonna no the fuck the, the refs on the pitch aren't gonna reflect on it properly the var on and neither the governing body and that is the worst thing about it that they won't go actually how can we prevent this happening in the future and make sure things are better for the fucking paying fan because that's what it's for at the end of the day and this was the biggest game of the entire weekend from from a kickoff point of view, from the kickoff time with involving Liverpool. This is the biggest game of the entire weekend from a broadcast point of view. Maybe Man City, Chelsea, but Chelsea are a joke. From a, from a worldwide fan base, Liverpool, 
eight o'clock kickoff here. What's that? Three o'clock in America, mm. prime time. Prime time, Austra- Australia, early morning. Everyone saw this game, and they've made a complete arse of themselves by lying, basically. And I, think, I, I understood. He's right I about accountability. I understood pre pre episode tonight. We had to spend time talking about this because it's a big topic. Which is complete, which has ruined a great game of football for the for the neutral. Yeah. I said this to Mark Pugash. It's, 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 it's ruined. It's ruined the game for the the, the, the neutral. It's ruined um, an iconic moment for those five and a half thousand Wolves fans that have been robbed a win. It's robbed Totti Gomez of a moment he'll would probably never experience in his life, scoring the winner at Anfield. It's like a back heel. <laughs> at I mean, Anfield. You'd, you'd never see Christoph Bear or someone scoring a goal like that. It's just, it, it, it robs so many people of uh, an iconic FA Cup moment because of clowns at Stockley Park or or corrupt clowns at Stockley Park. It's one of the two. They're, they're either inept or they're corrupt. I don't think it's one or it's, it's, it's both. It's one or the other. And if that's the case, then VAR's a, a floor product that shouldn't be involved in the sport of football. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we haven't even talked about Andy Robertson stamping on Adama's face and the penalty Mateus Kuna should have had from Ben Doak. Joke. I don't, I don't think that was a penalty, to be fair. I thought it was a, it was a, it was a robust shoulder barge. But Do you think all, should... I was, all I was thinking of, though, when he came on as Doak, I was just thinking of Goldeneye, and I couldn't get it in my head. <laughs> He's a big true, boy, he, goes, he goes back to the same point again. If that's flipping Joe Hodge on Salah, that same oh, yeah, robust challenge obviously. in front of the cop... Of course, it didn't even go to a review. Yeah, well, they, did. they just don't. They did. That's the thing. Everything went to a review. You know what? There was another thing that pissed me off as well. They just reminded me of people, sensible people on Twitter. Again, even journalists said, "Oh, you can't be offside from a backwards pass." What the fuck are you talking about? That's literally been the rule of football for thirty years. <laughs> That's never changed. Mm-hmm. We had this with Neto a couple of years ago. I think it was at Fulham. Um, when he came from an off, offside position from a backwards pass. And he's like, oh, you can't be offside from backwards pass. Well, you can. It's very rare, but it's possible. And it comes yeah. into, again, people not understanding the game. <laughs> Frustrations. Yeah. Frustrating. I mean, I was going to say, the, the, the Robertson Traore one, I, I don't know. Again, I think if that's the other way round, I think they, I don't think, I, you know, I don't think it is deliberate. I don't think he has necessarily meant to leave one in on him. I still think you... Um, it's you know, a dangerous again, play, though. You at, least have, you at least have to check to make I sure don't it's think not he's, I don't think he's made enough effort to avoid getting the Dharma with his boot. There's other things he could have done to to avoid it. And again, the penalty one, again, just check. It's not hard. Um, and they say, it, it's, it kind of soured what was a fantastic Wolves performance. And... You know, it wasn't even just a case of, oh, it was smash and grab. You look at the stats and, right, ball possession otherwise, we held our own in that game. You know, it sounds silly, but even things like offsides, that's, that for me, hmm. it, it shows that we're, we're pushing them. We're trying to stretch that play a bit more. Um, I also think the Johnny yellow card was a bit of a joke considering some of the challenges that were going on, but that's either here nor there. Um yeah, and you say it shouldn't take away from some fantastic individual performances as we discussed. You know, likes of Joe Hodge, breakthrough game for him, and you know I've been fairly critical of him 
um, just because he's not quite at that standard compared to Matthias and Neves, which, you know, understandable. But he held his own in that midfield. Gomez in a back four. Collins as well. Dexter, who, again, I think he looks raw. And would I trust him in the league? Maybe not yet. But he's shown something. And all we've, you know, and we, we've had a 20-minute rant about the state of the officials, and it shouldn't be like that. But we can't not talk about it. And it's so, it's so frustrating because, you know, as, as Chris Rogers nicely says, Lopetegui outplayed Klopp mm-hmm. across every area of the pitch. And, you know, but the one positive is that we've got a pack back. Like we yeah. talked, we talked a load yeah. about how just we ain't had fire and belly, and literally, Lopetegui's got every team talks sorted between now and the end of the season. Now, hasn't he? Don't. Yeah. <laughs> I Simple. think you look, you look at Kuna's uh, reaction video as after the game as well. Now he how chuffed he was with um, people singing his name to to that song, but whatever. Um, I think his enthusiasm has just rubbed off on everyone ever since mm. he's been here. He's like, it's like a complete breath, breath of fresh air with everyone. Is it because he looks like an ITV2 presenter? <laughs> yeah, he, he looks like he should be doing the spin-off to I'm a Celeb in November, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, uh, his enthusiasm, as well as Lopetegui's actual football knowledge and knowing how to do his job properly, I think it's just rubbed off on everyone. And now we've got this kind of victim mentality and everyone's against us. We're back. We're back, baby. It's wonderful. We love it, don't we? We love it. we love it when the whole world's against us and, <laughs> and everyone hates 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 playing us and hates watching us. That's when we do our best, and I think you're right with that, Stu. And it's loved. It's lovely to see it back and and just that little bit of attitude change. Players like you know, I, I need a few people don't like Diego Costa for what he does on the pitch, but everything that he does behind the scenes and everything that Cunha's doing behind the scenes to make people happy. Lovely print there by Mikey Pellinger. <laughs> Legend yeah. he is. Legend, Dan's best mate. Um, that um, you know, it's it's nice. It's just nice, and it's just refreshing to see everyone so happy, so I happy and smiling the, again. The, the the grit and belief that Lopetegui has brought this squad in such a, in such a short space of time is impressive. And like, if we this week upcoming, obviously we're going to be talking about Forest in a minute. I assume Forest in the League Cup, and then is it West Ham next Saturday? It is. Yeah, it's such a huge week for this club, but. Get two wins in them two games, and the belief that these players have got now and the fans have got will just go through the roof if we get two wins on this week. I was going to say, think... come on, Chief. No, I was going It's the fact that he's done it with his squad, like we said earlier. I mean, I, I said that it wasn't so much just bringing a new manager in, it was we needed new people. And unless that happened, we'd go down. Yeah. And now, even though we do need four or five. I'm kind of quite confident that this group of players would be fine, which is fucking mm. mad to say after just a month when we were so down on them and they were so useless for so long, the vast majority of them as well, not just one or two, that this squad's got more than enough to be mid-table already. And you think, well, I know he's not a miracle worker, but he's a very good man. And he's got, what like we said about when he, when he walked through the door at Compton, you could see he had that. Thing. He had that aura about him, people like standing to attention. It's like, oh yeah, this guy, he's there's something about him. And he makes you want 
it's hard to describe eh? you're just saying like you you verbally wanking him off here at this point but it's he's like someone you want to you want to perform for um there was that one comment that wasn't that true. at all there, there was that one comment i think said the standards had slipped at walls under large oh, yeah. and i think him and his coaching staff have brought in that in, again now i think players are um, 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 fitter they're sharper they're all sort of fighting to go the same direction which is obviously a slipped massively away when when Lodge is in charge and like I said the, the beliefs there now and we've got to start getting victories now so we've had two good performances this week Villa and, and Liverpool but we haven't won either of those games so I think just get a couple of wins under the belt and then we're, we're away definitely right let's take a quick minute to catch our breath and to talk about that Forest game and also about the fourth round of the FA Cup we'll see you all in a second guys And breathe, everyone, because we're going to move on from Liverpool to talk about Wolves versus Liverpool. Um, no, we, we have got the cup draw. There's not really a huge amount we can kind of say because we've got a replay against Liverpool first. But if we do, it's going to be against Brighton. <laughs> you know, Stu, as an avid away dayer, is it arguably a worse fixture than that for us at the moment? I mean, I was. I broke my own rule there because it was on during the um, in between games today, and it was on the telly. I thought, oh, okay, I'll, I'll watch it and brace myself for the inevitable disappointment. And there was play, there was there was only a handful of places, obviously, that I ain't been to, but there was things like Grimsby where I ain't been for like twenty odd years and stuff like that. I thought, oh, maybe just once, just this, just this once, we can have a little bit of a bit of a treat, Brighton. Yeah, it's just it's miserable. It's far away. We always lose, and. <laughs> It's just not what you want, is it? It's just boring again. It's just a shit draw over and over again. It's like, it's like what have we done in this life to, to deserve this nonsense? But I ain't going to think about that until, obviously, the, the Liverpool game because it, it's ain't one of them that you can even get up for. It's like, okay, we've got Brighton. Fine. That, that's what's on the horizon. We'll deal with it when we come to it because they're in ridiculously good form. They've got some... I mean, they're probably playing better now than when Potter was there, weirdly enough. Um and but again, so are we. So by the time that game comes around, we could be on the back of like three wins and a draw or whatever. So you just don't know. It's too far away to think about, really. But it's not all really all inspiring. And as long as it's not an early kickoff, three, three, five, eight, any of them, fine. It's just as, as long as it's not an early kickoff, because at least then we can go and have a few beers beforehand. But that's that's my wish. Game kickoff against Brighton. That journey so, back. Yeah, just have a sleep. I mean, don't matter. Saturday night, eh? It's going to be Sunday now, isn't it? It's going to yeah. be... Sunday uh, o'clock. Yeah, Monday night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Just, man. Can nah. you imagine? No one that's why, that's no why one I made the comment game. on our... That's why I made the comment on our Twitter saying we should just make a big deal out of this Liverpool Wolves replay now. We should just do a massive boycott and some sort of demonstration, play the kids or something, because... I just I don't want to get to flipping Brighton, and we we had got a good record there. I was glad I, I, I was checking a minute ago. I'm just glad Huddersfield wasn't in that list because <laughs> Brighton or Huddersfield, just, there, there's just no point. No, I've realised looking at some of the other fixtures. Um, one of my big weird joys about the FA Cup draw in the third, well, in the fourth round, is where you've got 
two set to a fixture which involves four teams potentially going for, for <laughs> it where it's got Bristol City or Swansea versus Chesterfield or West Brom I, I, I do find that quite joyful um, but in, in terms of I guess the cup replay it's going to be on the probably either Tuesday 17th or Wednesday yeah, 18th think of for the, the 17th 7.45 that'll be that'll be good and then it'll be the cup game sort of about a week and a half later or something like that. So we'll see. But we have got another cup match to talk about, guys. Um, Wolves are playing Nottingham Forest this week in the Carabao Cup quarterfinals. We're one game away from the semi-final in the prestige cup, as it were. <laughs> um, I was going to say how are we all feeling about it, but I kind of know we're all weirdly angry and positive. We're cooking on gas. Yeah. Like, they had they had an absolute thumping by Blackpool yesterday. I know they had like sort of I don't think any of their like main hitters actually played for Forest yesterday, but four one it was four one, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it was four one away to Blackpool. It, regardless to what side you put out, it's got to have some sort of morale hit within your your club. But this this season's massive. We could we could stay up this season, win win the League Cup, and we're just in a completely different market for recruitment in the summer it's there's a there's a possibility of happiness coming here but then knowing walls it's going to be flipping loose to forest loose to west ham and we're on the flipping panic buttons again by sunday i mean to yeah. be fair that their, their lineup um, i was going to say admittedly it had wayne hennessy in goal which explains the goals but you know it still had nico williams um uh, is it lewis o'brien who's highly rated and emmanuel dennis and you know, Jack, like so Jack, they had more than enough to put aside at Blackpool. But Stu, what are your sort of thoughts on Forest at the moment? Because it kind of feels for me like any time they win a game, it feels like they've won a cup match. Hmm. Yeah, they, it looks like they have to give absolutely everything to get any points at all. Um, I, whenever I've seen them, they all they still look a bit shit. And obviously that's that's not Steve Cooper's fault and it, the situation that they're in. But they've done really well to to get where they are at this point with what happened in the summer. And but they still don't look anywhere near good enough, and anywhere near what the level that we're back that we seemingly are back to performing at now. We should be wiping the floor with them. It shouldn't be a contest. But obviously, it's Wolves and they've got Gibbs White and Bolly. And, you know, normally, you know exactly what's going to happen in this circumstance. And I can't believe there was people even talking about, oh, what have we done to, why, why do we let Bolly go? And all, he looks amazing for Forest. And you know, just grow up, man. Same as, same as Cody Everson. And then that happens in the space of a week. And, but yeah, I mean, as, as long as Lord Diego of Costa is fit, and we've got a focal point. I think we'll have a chance. So I think that's 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 the, my only issue really now because what we've said about the Irish Jack Price coming into his own now um, against a team like Liverpool, then you've got the other midfielders around him. Yeah, we're still light in that department, but we've got options at last. If is not too seriously injured, we've got someone who looks... Um, well, he looks like... <laughs> a brand new player from nowhere, the one that we signed in that game against Palace on his debut. And you think, okay, we've got pace on that side. Yeah, Adama's hmm. 
Adama's Adama, but he's still in, in, a pain in the arse and he's still we still got pace at wide both sides if both of them play. If not, we've still got Huang now getting his goal after a year. Geddes played through the middle, looked better. Then you've got Kuna as well. We've actually got options everywhere and good options. And a defence that looks solid as long as it doesn't make its mistakes against itself, which is um, our only problem at the minute. And then you look at Forest side and what any kind of Forest side that they can put out, and you think it shouldn't be a contest. It really shouldn't. And I know it's going to say an arrogant and I'll be going to clip it out and put it on, on Forest Twitter and I'll have a laugh at me again. But whatever, it shouldn't be a contest because the way we're playing now, we've got a bit of a rest now. They've got thumped regardless of rotation. There's, their name's in the mud, losing to fucking Blackpool. Same as a certain load of clowns down the road losing to Stevenage. I mean, it's just unacceptable. Our confidence is high. We go in there. Semi, two-legged semi-final awaits. They're not going to blow it, are they? They're not going to bottle it. Job will get done. I think the the, the, key, the key thing that might go under the radar for Forest this week is that they've got Leicester at home on on Saturday in the in the in the Premier League local derby. Obviously, they still need more. Then they need points to to get away from this relegation battle. It makes you think where Steve Cooper's priorities will lie this week for Forest because, like we're looking at, it's we're one game away from a semi final, but. Can either team really go all the way with Man City still being in the tournament? It's a, it's still a hard task. Do you get distracted knowing that you've got a big league game at the weekend? We've got West Ham at home. It's, you look at the sides there, Man United versus Charleston, Southampton, Man City, Newcastle, Leicester. It's going to be a tough fixture, whoever you play in, in that semi-final. Do you, do you focus on the weekend's Premier League game, knowing that points is obviously the, the, the bigger objective? Right. Yeah, but you look at that and then there's a hype. Well, what if Man United drew, beat Charlton, Man City beat Southampton, they draw each other. Then you've got a game, a two-legged game against Newcastle or Leicester for the final. That's, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's bang on there in that situation. So, I... It, I, it, I, opens, I up. it opens up and to be honest, my, my sort of thinking, again, because obviously we had a bit of rotation uh, yesterday in the Cup. Momentum builds momentum. We've got players who are looking fitter now. Let them play games. We're not. We, we've had. They've had a lot of our players have had a break, unlike other teams who are slightly higher up the table. Give them games. Give these extra players. Give Kuna these extra minutes. You know, if we we beat Forest and we got two extra games, great. You know what? Yeah. So sort of in a way. So what if we lose? You know, we draw Man City. We lose three nil and one nil. But Joe Hodge gets another 180 minutes. Um, Dexter gets a bit of game. You know, just for me, for more games, the better. Um, mm. But it does bring into question what sort of lineup you go for to keep somewhat consistent in terms of a cup team that we played against Liverpool. Do you have a bit more rotation? Maybe you bring in Matinho for Neves and give him a, a night off. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm struggling to know which way to lean on um, on the lineup. I don't know about you, gents. I mean, I'd go as strong as possible. I think exactly yeah. what you were saying is is results breeds confidence. I'd rather win three or four nil because we could easily do that against Forest. And I know we haven't scored many goals this season, but we could easily go there and score three. The way we were playing, 
instead of putting a weakened side out, maybe like Dean Marsden was joking about 1-0 Bolly, 85th minute earlier in the comments. But I would much rather be going into a game against West Ham, which is crucial and critical to our season, off the back of a 3-0, 4-0 win against mm. Forest, than even if, even if he does change the team and his youngsters, that sort of negativity could start to creep back in. And you just, you don't want it, you want to nip that straight in the bud straight away. So you want to go for it and put the strongest team he's got available to see that out and have that happiness and have that first uh, big big win against a team who are in you know even though it's the cup they're in and around us in the league and around a team like that other than say the Everton game which is which I is genuinely would sorry Jeff I genuinely That's wouldn't right. be against the same side that started last night but Kuna in for Jimenez. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've got to think as well. It ain't like when we we brought this up in the past. Day with you know, we play, you play Saturday, Tuesday in the Championship all the time, all, all season long, and it, you, your players are accustomed to that. If we're winning, they're going to want to play. They're not going to be wanting to sit on the bench, are they? And the fact that we the, the, with a five subs thing, you can take them off after an hour and give them half hours rest. Yeah. If, I'd rather, I'd rather go strong, get build up a lead, and then take your players off and kind of hang on if you have to, than doing it the other way around and chase a game. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. Go as strong as you can. Um, but that side yesterday was a lot stronger on the pitch than it was on paper, than what I expected, like I said earlier. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be a really interesting one. You know, even if he just switches out Kilman. I was going to say Kilman for Collins. I can't see him playing Gomez and Kilman at the back, personally, together. But you never know. Um, I, I definitely like the idea of just bringing in Kuna for Jimenez because you don't deserve a start. Um, and kind of, yeah, just giving, it, just giving it another go and still sets you at prime for Saturday to really make a difference against um, against West Ham. I know, Jiffo, you've kind of given your prediction Um Sort of, yeah. you know. Dan, what are you thinking score-wise? Do you think we're going to be celebrating in Hooters Wednesday night? Oh, God. I hadn't even considered that. Um, I think the tie gets one in extra time. Oh. I think they'll... I think it won all, but I'm hoping that we can get the win in extra time. Oh. Interesting. Stu, what about you? Clean sheet, Timmy. Interesting. I, I I'm thinking too. I, I, I was gonna say interesting because I'm thinking the same. I, I I think this might be the game where we kind of, if I said had a complete professional performance, where like we just go for you know we don't necessarily leave third gear. We keep it simple. We have a good game plan, good game management, and and see it out. Um, but yeah, let's say for once in my life, I feel positive about Wolves. <laughs> Um, I say once in my life, the first time in, you know, first time in about six months. A um, couple of questions from Twitter Corner. Um, big thanks to everyone who's messaged. Only a few because uh, we'll wrap it up quickly. This came about from the game, but uh, from Stuart Jones. At what stage of relationship is it a good time to take your misses and then proceed to start trying to go to the opposition fans? One Liverpool fan had an, uh, last night had a nightmare. Um, I had seen bits of this on Twitter. 
that he kind of got into a spat, and then I think his missus started backing him up. Um, I guess I, I, I'll water down the question for you yourselves. Um, at what stage do you bring your significant other to the Wolves match? Uh, hopefully never. Oh, no. <laughs> I do. I, I think she came with me a couple of times. To be fair, I mean, one of them was Bournemouth away on a Tuesday night in the Championship when we lost two one. So. Um, and, and she broke her glasses and it was all a, a bit of a nightmare. So she was fully ingrained and being a Villa fan as well, it was quite enjoyable. Um, but yeah, it's that's the thing. I don't get why you'd want to do it because if they've got, if they've got no interest, they're not going to... It's got to be rare that they're going to get interest. It's more likely they're going to be pissed off or annoyed and they'll see the real you. <laughs> so keep them at arm's length. Keep, that's your thing. That's their thing. Leave them Separation leave. of... Yeah, separation yeah. of church and state. Hundred mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. Dan, uh, are you of the same view, or do you think actually you know your you know what your your partner should you know enjoy your interest too? No, it's it's never. I've 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 done that relationship in the past, and I'd I'd try and avoid it um, if I can in the future. It's it's not it's not for me. It's football's my own time, and um, I'm a foul mouthed. Job when it comes to football, I'd I'd hate for it to see <laughs> that that side of me. I was, I was gonna say it brings out the worst. It can either bring out the best or bring out the worst in you. Um, and uh, yeah, um, the other one I, I really wanted to do was from Brendan McMahon. When have you guys, <laughs> <laughs> guys been glad not to have been caught on camera, Stu? <laughs> Cav- Caravan of love. No, because that was good, though, man. Yeah. That I've got no shame about Caravan of Love. If you go, yeah. That episode's still there. Go and find out how I lost my virginity when Prairie Rock got trick. It was wonderful. Um, For I suppose. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Things have got to be popped at some point, have they? Out of, out of all the wall strikes in history, out of, out of all the wall strikes in history, what calibre of woman was that caravan princess? Um... She wore a badge, you know. She, <laughs> oh, it's Caravan. I mean, Caravan Princess. I mean, it went, went Frankowski, was it? No, I was going to say, on a scale of Frankowski. No, because I, cause my jigsaw did fit, so it's not Frankowski. Um, <laughs> I, just tried, yeah. <laughs> um, I started with, so I shouldn't complain. Yeah, she was a steady seven, so yeah, I, I'd say someone like. Keo. A good Keo, a good Keo, yeah. She worked hard, but no, no, energy, right. blonde, yeah. not the best face, but we got there. <laughs> yeah. We got the three points on the end of the night. Yeah, exactly. I mean, job job was done. It was exactly pretty, and but you don't regret it either. So, um, well, that's a, there's many times I, I, I wish I thank I'm thankful I won't caught on camera, but um, can we? I've probably told them all anyway already. <laughs> It's just a question that, like, it's it's hard to answer without incriminating yourself. I was going to say, how far do you go down the line of this? Because I think I mean, there's probably in my car speeding a couple of times. That's more, that's going to yeah. be my, my my sensible answer. But there's definitely moments that I'm I'm, I'm glad um, there's no video footage of for sure. I mean, there's me me doing karaoke, I suppose, because that's embarrassing for everyone involved. I just can't I can't sing, and I don't pretend to be able to sing and. And I was doing Andreas Johnson's Glorious, and it was as bad as you imagine it to be. So, and thankfully, there was no footage of that because it was pre-phones with cameras. So, probably that if you can for a sensible 
answer. Fair, fair. Well, look, let's wrap it up there for today, guys. We'll be back after the Forest game to talk about the Cabal Cup match and also talk about the West Ham game in more detail. Big thank you to everyone who's tuned in live on YouTube and listen to this on podcast as well. Um, make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast uh, at Wolves Fancast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't already, make sure you smash that like button. Don't just tap it. Oh no, smash it. And also click subscribe as well, please. Um, and also shout out to 90min as well. Until next time, though, it's goodbye from Jaffo. Good night. It's goodbye from Little Dan. Kuna! Do, 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 oh, do, man. Do. No. Worst chance. Five and a half thousand Wolves fans, if you're not joining in, you look stupid. We roll onto Forest, up the fucking Wafflers. It's goodbye from Stu. Diego! Diego! Goodbye. Kuna! It's goodbye. <laughs> it's goodbye you know what? Them two up front together, uh, oh, that'd be a dream. Like Kuna Ronaldo Costa. and Romario. Yeah. Just imagine, imagine the chaos that it bring. To be fair, you've got one who's like quick and mobile, and, and one who's a pe- b- yeah. borderline statue. Could work. Yeah, it could yeah. work. Yeah. I am gonna have that tequila song stuck in my head yeah. now. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> doing it. I'm like, <laughs> clip it as a party style. Stop it. I'm gonna be up at four in the morning and just be like. damn it damn it um i probably should say goodbye as well and let you all enjoy the rest of your um podcast listening it's goodbye for me but they are good night